It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and uh, joining us as he does every single Friday, Justin Ferguson for a little Ferg Friday action, of course, with the Auburn Observer. Justin Ferguson, this has been a fun week, a fun offseason so far for the Auburn Tigers. How are things uh, over at the Observer these days? You know, pretty good, pretty good. Um, it, it was a weird week because there really hasn't been any news breaking, but you can like feel a lot of stuff starting to build up, right? Yeah. Between recruiting and and you know offense coordinator search and basketball didn't play this week because it was finals week, so they don't play till Saturday, and so it was kind of a little bit of a calmer week, but also one where it's like, all right, time to kind of ramp up because things are gonna get get going again here pretty pretty soon. A lot of Auburn fans frustrated, concerned that Auburn does not have an offensive coordinator yet. We've talked yeah. about the Zach Kill thing that appears to have been true. Uh, that has mm-hmm. fallen through at this point due to some compliance stuff and miscommunication, possibly. I'm not even, I probably shouldn't even have said miscommunication there, but Zach Kill's not, they've moved on from that. So yeah. to me, Jay Ferg, it seems like Harson's not even that concerned about it right now. I mean, he's focused on. You know, last minute recruiting all week. Yeah. He's been flying around the country. He was up in Oregon with, you know, Darius Clemens. He went to Utah and Ohio. I mean, he's been all over the place visiting recruits. I just don't think he's that concerned about finding a new OC. I don't think he's in a hurry at this point. Yeah, I don't think he's in a hurry. And I don't think you have to be in a hurry. I think the carousel is going to continue to spin. I think there's going to be fallout of moves elsewhere uh, that will continue to kind of pile up. And so, you know, uh, it does not seem to have any sort of adverse effect on recruiting, right? right. They've been able to plug in uh, Trevon Reed out on the trail for them, which I think is a, is a great move. Yeah. Um, a, a guy who who should be an excellent recruiter for you. Um, and whoever the offensive coordinator is, isn't going to call plays in the bowl game. And whoever the offensive coordinator is might be in the process of getting ready for a bowl game that's pretty big for them or, you know, they're in the throes of recruiting itself. I mean, you got to keep in mind, this is where the early signing period has kind of changed a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. People think everything's got to happen rapidly and rapidly. You get coaching changes and and moves going into, you know, past early signing day and and, and into, you know, January. And, you know, you you haven't even had the coaches convention yet. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you don't necessarily need somebody right now. I know Auburn fans would love to know who it is. And I get that. I I mean, that's that's just kind of how it is. But um as long as it's not having an adverse effect on anything, and really I don't think it is at this point, this week was big on recruiting. Next week's going to be big on recruiting. Wouldn't surprise me for them to have an announcement in the near future, but I think also it's it's one of those things where I don't, I don't think you have to go kill yourself to try to get yeah. somebody right now when you can afford to be patient a little bit, and, and maybe maybe that can lead you to the right guy. I went on the press box this week. It's a radio show that airs throughout Alabama. And I I was asked, all right, what's the one, two, three of of priorities? And I will ask this question to you. Brad Law asked me this question, and I'll share my Mm -hmm. answer after you give yours. But number one, focus on hiring an offensive coordinator. uh, Number two, 
do you focus most on game plan against Houston? And then mm-hmm. priority three, uh, focus on recruiting. What what would you, how would you rank those one through three? I would say right now, as we are talking right now, recruiting offensive coordinator game planning. Because I think once you get back into practice mode, that switches the Houston priority kind of moves up a little bit. Okay. But yeah, right now it's definitely recruiting. And, and I think that's that's first and foremost, and Har- Harson's even said it, recruit, 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 recruit. Like, not only is it the top priority, it might be the only priority at this point in terms of your big ones. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, look for other candidates or, you know, continue to recruit your own guys and kind of see how they're feeling about, you know, going to the portal or going elsewhere or, you know, going to the NFL. That doesn't mean you, you get rid of those, but, like, it is so important right now that Auburn finishes well in recruiting that I think that's the top. That's the top priority, and, and it's yeah. far and away the top one. Yeah, I, st- I said recruiting. Then I said game plan, prepping for Houston. And then and I said offensive That could easily be it. Because yeah. it, 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 it I, go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think you're going to end up in a situation where Brian Hart is probably calling plays or Eric Kiesel is probably calling plays in Houston. So, like – you know, it'll be interesting to see once they get back into the into the groove of things after early signing period, what that looks like. Well, the folks, the, the section of the Auburn fan base that seems to be the most upset that this is taking so long are also the same, it appears to me to be the same part of the fan base that really wants Dale McGee from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think they're going to announce that until Georgia's season is done. Like I don't think Kirby would let, right. let anyone yeah. anywhere near him until that's done. And based on you know the personality of Dale, he may not even be thinking about that kind of thing. I think he's focused on you know them prepping for um for Michigan. So maybe that's yeah. part of it. Maybe maybe it's uh, hey be- we we can't have that conversation to the depth that we would want to at this current time. So like why 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 worry about it? Yeah, I think that's it's important. Like, yeah, if you if you're wanting Del McGee to be on Auburn staff, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen until Georgia, like you said, since until Georgia season is over. There's some other ones like Jeff Grimes at Baylor. I think there's going to be a number of teams that are going after Jeff Grimes, but like Baylor has a, is playing in a New Year's Six Bowl mm-hmm. and just won the Big Twelve title. And our bill, like, you know, Grimes could end up going somewhere else this off season because I think he's going to be a hot commodity for a number of people based on what he did this year at Baylor, based on what he did last year at BYU. But, like, Dave Aranda's building something at Baylor, and totally. it's a really good situation to be in. Um, you look at a guy like Andy Ludwig from Utah, and that's a name we haven't heard, like, close tied to this job, but it's obviously one with the Harson ties, with this right. familiar with offense that makes sense. Let's use him as an example. Utah's about to play in the, in the Rose Bowl, and that's a huge, huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you might not necessarily have those moves done or make those moves in, uh, until then. And then, you know, every, every coaching situation and every – program is different some schools are going ahead and making those moves now and saying well i'm gonna i'm gonna coach in the ball game i'm not gonna coach the ball game perfect example joe moorhead's leaving oregon's offense coordinator post co-coach at akron he is going to be the oc for oregon for one more game and then he's gonna go take on akron so it's different for everybody but yeah i mean some of the guys that have been mentioned in connection with the auburn job um are people that i think you know might be staying put for a little while that you know you they still have, their teams this year still have a lot to play for and you don't 100% need to have somebody in as quickly as you can off because they're not calling plays in a game for another 9 months like you you it's it's a while it's a while before they absolutely 100% have to be in there yeah i want to talk about how Brian Harson comes into this 
um, in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our friends at On Location. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, and more, plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's locationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Hey, this is it. This is the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? More visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite, and you can too. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-the-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head over to netsuite.com slash NCAA. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, our guest, as he is every Friday. But, you know, we, we talked about Brian Harson calling plays or, or what, what, you know, maybe Kisau, um doing all this. But I think he's comfortable, if it comes down to it, just promoting Kisau when it's all said and done. Largely to, you know, and, and there's reports that have come out that Harson is leaning towards him just calling plays, which would be... Mm-hmm. Fascinating. That would be a fascinating development, but this is a guy that wants it all. He did Boise State, too. Did he? Okay, I was about to ask yeah. you that question. So how yeah. much of it did he do it um, during his tenure there? Not a ton, but I do know he stepped in and was the play caller at least a couple of times. Got it. Um, maybe kind of earlier. And, and look, whoever the offensive coordinator is going to be is going to run – their version of their offense and Brian Harson's offense kind of meshed together. That was the thing about my Bobo. And it was like, it was some of Bobo's offensive background and Harson's background. But what made sense of them is that they fit together really well. Sure. Right. So like somebody asked me this week, it's like, why is Auburn not talking about Joe Brady? It's like, well, Joe Brady doesn't really have any sort of fit here. Like not saying he's not a good, good offensive coordinator at the college level. I mean, I think the bigger problem in Carolina is that he never had a quarterback that, that, that they felt really confident in. Sure. Um, But you know, his offense is almost exclusively out of the shotgun, tons of RPOs. That is not what Auburn and Brian Harson has, has been trying to build. So when you look at some of the candidates that have been mentioned, even guys that don't necessarily have, you know, connections to Harson or Auburn, there's been a few of them floating out there. At least they have like offenses where you say, okay, well, I can see where that meshes and that fits in with what Auburn's trying to do there. So if, it, if Harson takes it upon himself to be the offensive play caller, that would work. I mean, Kisa, Kisa has that experience. If they promote Kisa from within, one of the things to keep in mind is they still got to make a hire, right? Mm-hmm. Either Kisa moves to quarterback's coach or he stays a wide receiver's coach, and they have to they have to bring in one or the other. Um, so, and, and again, like with position coaches at this point, like if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to end up landing on, still got time to do it. Like, you know, you're not, you're not fully practicing for another few months mm-hmm. uh, in, in this, in this spot. Right. Is there a is there an aspect of the offensive coordinator job at Auburn that people maybe aren't talking about as far as like 
okay, they've got to sit with Harson and prep, you know, how they want to approach things from a roster standpoint offensively because, I mean, the transfer portal is going to be crazy. And you got to think Auburn's going to go after some wide receivers and some offensive linemen. Do you think mm-hmm. whoever Harson hires for this job, you know, that comes into effect with it at all? Meaning that, you know, are they going to be willing to take on what looks like is going to be kind of an over overhaul of the roster? Is that what you're, is that what you're asking? Yeah, or, you know, does yeah. Harson select that person or have a certain person in mind knowing that's like, okay, we're going to have to go get dudes that may have been in college for three years already? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just going to be the reality of whoever you get, whether it was a Zach Hill or, you know, if it's a Del McGee or a Damian Craig or a – you know, guy that we haven't even talked about yet. Like, I think all of those, all of those are in the spot where you, if you're bringing in, you know that recruiting is going to be a top priority, and not necessarily just guys in the 2022 class, but bringing guys in that would fit. And that's an interesting thing. They don't have an offensive coordinator right now, but that has not stopped them from going after and putting themselves in good positions for like blue chips at, at running back, at wide receiver, along right. the offensive line, at transfer guys at, at, at those spots as well. So. Um, I think it's it's one of those things. Where it's like Harson has a vision and he has a top-down philosophy of what he what things are going to be a part of. And the next offense coordinator is going to be a part of that. They're going to have influence. They're going to have impact there. But this is all coming down from him. And so, yeah, I, I think it's it, whoever the next offensive coordinator is going to be at Auburn, whether it's an in-house eye or somebody from from elsewhere or whatever they do. It's got. It's all about fit, right? Everybody wants to go get the flashy name, and the uh, Joe Brady is a great example of it. Like, go get this guy. He's done. It's like, okay. The most important thing is, is that especially if you're trying to run a program like Brian Harson's trying to, his fit is first and foremost the biggest thing. Especially when you have an offensive-minded head coach that you know is going to have his DNA on that offense. Yeah, Joe Brady is the only one I haven't been able to talk myself into it making sense, um, just because. Of all the reasons, and I think you he, said. I think I think he probably ends up in Miami. I think he's a, yeah. he's a Miami native. He is a Miami native. There's apparently been some mutual interest there. Mm-hmm. That it makes a ton of sense as a landing spot for them. And they did a lot of kind of RPO stuff with with Rhett. So I mean, right. it, would, it wouldn't be it would be kind of an easier transition, I would think. Yeah, for that, roster. that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Jay Ferg, I want to pivot to. You know, we talked about it a little bit with like the transfer portal and you know things are about to get crazy. Obviously, national signing days next week or the early signing period starts next week. The the aspect of roster management is, is always a big mm-hmm. um, a big topic this time of year. You wrote about it this week with the Observer, but what do you think the biggest hurdle from all of this is going to be from a roster management standpoint? Looking at the next month, uh, you know, the, this next month with signing day as yep. well as the transfer portal. I think the biggest the biggest stumbling block right now for Auburn is this: they have to get better on the offensive line. And that's the literally the toughest position to build. Um, it is the toughest one to evaluate. And out of high school, it's the toughest one to develop. It takes the longest time usually to develop guys. Right. Of course, there are exceptions to that rule. Uh, and also, if you're a really good offensive lineman uh, and you hit the portal, everyone is going after you. Like the, the FIU transfer hitting it this week. It was like, oh, Auburn might have a good chance of landing this guy. Well, he's gotten like two, three dozen offers already mm-hmm. because – Everybody wants to like look at look at the number of teams in college football, even the really good ones this year in college football that had offensive line issues. Okay, you could point to Alabama, yes. Clemson, and Ohio State, the three teams that we think are going to perennially be in the playoff coming in this year. They all had issues on the offensive line. Of course, Alabama overcame them and, and made it to the playoff as the number one seed. But you know, the, though that's what you're competing against as well. 
Like, so there's programs that are in better spots than you that are going after him. And so that that's what makes it tough. That's what makes it tough. You have to get talent. You have to bring in talent. And I think the thing about Auburn's – what's the best case scenario for Auburn's offensive line? I don't think there's a magic bullet here. I don't think there's a, well, we just got to hit the portal hard. Well, it's really hard to rely on that for a lot of guys that you want on the offensive line. Okay, well, maybe we'll bring some guys back from and continue to develop them. Okay, well, you know, some of them may come back. A lot of them probably won't. I think it's kind of a, you know, have to get more high school guys. Well, if you're going to start high schoolers or young guys on the offensive line, it's tough. It's not right. impossible, but it's tough. I think Auburn's got to do all of the above. I think they've got to get a portal guy or two if they can. I think they've got to recruit at a really high level, uh, you know, bring in some more blue chip talent on that offensive line at a high school in JUCO. Uh, if you can, know the JUCO, you don't really get blue chips out of that. Mm-hmm. And then I think they have to develop – the guys they already have here, whether it's older guys coming back for another year, whether it's a Killian Zyre, whether it's a Brendan Coffey, uh, whether it's a Keandre Jones, or that next wave. You know, look and see if a guy like Tate Johnson's ready to roll. Look at it, what are we going to see about Jaleel Irvin and Cameron Stutz have been around for forever. Like, maybe it's their time. Like we've seen, we've seen these these guys and Auburn's got dudes. They've got numbers, but they've got to develop them as well. So I think it's just it's an all of the above kind of thing. And the tough part is, is that no one's going to know how successful it is until we get into like next October, right? <laughs> when Auburn, because Auburn doesn't play a road game again until October. It's crazy. Um, so it's everything's going to be kind of kind of a little iffy on that. the The amount of offensive linemen that are able to come back mm-hmm. surprise it, it's higher than I thought. That number surprises That's a me. Lot. And you yeah. you broke that. It's almost all of them that could come back if they wanted to. Yeah. Do you think there's this stigma of using your extra year if you're an older guy? I, I almost feel like there's a little bit of a stigma if you come back and it's like, all right, you're a three-year starter and you're coming back for your fourth year. And, but it may be like your fifth year of eligibility. It almost, to me, seems like there's a stigma among players if you use that. Do, do you think that's a thing? Or am I making that up in my head? A stigma against what? Like what, It's what, like, oh, well, like you're, well you're, you're not good enough to go to the league, so you're just going to kind of, you know, stay at yeah. this level as long as you can. That that That's kind of what I've taken out of it. Do, do you think I'm making that up in my head? I mean, the thing is, is that I don't think anybody on Auburn's offensive line is like a clear-cut NFL prospect right now. Right. Like where, you know, I think Keanu Jones could definitely get into that that conversation. I think some of the, some of the other guys could as well, but like, yeah, I don't think anybody – like, people are got to make the best decisions for themselves. And some of these dudes have played football for a long time. And some of these dudes have, have, have gone through injury after injury right. in their high school and college careers. And they might just say, you know what, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just hang it up. Time to go do, on, do, do something else. Um, I think if Auburn could bring back a player or two with starting experience on their offensive line next year, it, it helps things out. You know, I know, the, I know the overall performance as a unit wasn't great this year, but, like, Experience still does matter up front. And it's like, you know, take a guy like Tayshawn Manning, for example. He already says he's going to come back and use his last year, but he's going to do it elsewhere. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't a regular starter this year. Time to move on. Sure. Makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, it would be different if this was a situation where guys were kind of borderline dudes and, like, are deciding to come back for another year when they could go to the league. But I, I just don't – I don't see that as, as an option right now. So – uh, going coming back, whether coming back their final year, whether it's at Auburn or at elsewhere, I think is a smart decision for a lot of these dudes. If they want to still keep playing, if they don't want to keep playing, you know, go live life where you're not getting hit all the time. Like that right. sounds like a great life. 
Yeah, but keep playing football. You can get another master's degree if you want to for some of these dudes that have been around the program for a long time. And but, we've seen guys, we've seen guys hang around for a while, still ma- still making league. Like Jack Driscoll is a perfect example of that. Sure. The dude played a ton of football, and I think, I think if Brandon Council would have stayed healthier, he might have been in. The, he might have been in that yeah. conversation as well. But like, but you know, they will. The NFL will use bodies on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They will. They 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 will do. So it, you might just need one more year for that kind of momentum to hit again. Yeah, I remember talking to Eli Stove right after the season last year, and I asked him. Hey, is there any chance that you were coming back? He's like, no, I never really thought about it. I knew going into the season this was going to be my last year. Yeah. Either way. And that answer surprised me a little bit because, you know, he wasn't projected to get drafted anywhere and he didn't. But, heck, he may have made a team if he hadn't gotten hurt, which is a total total bummer and, you know, just terrible luck. But, you know, it's just – I think I'm I'm basing some of that off of that interview that I had with him as far as – you know, he just never even considered it. And I kind of, the way he was talking about it, I almost kind of mm-hmm. gathered the fact of it's like, no, I just, that that's not for me kind of thing. But yeah, maybe he was just, he may have just been done with it. Every dude's different. Totally. Every dude's different, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, I think, and I think it's also different in specific sp- positions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and that's a guy that dealt with injury too. So that's a, that's a good point. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. They've got a ton of different flavors. Built Bar is the best protein bar, uh, best tasting protein bar ever. Uh, all the bars covered 100% in chocolate. Uh, great natural ingredients. And they're absolutely delicious. They look and taste like a candy bar. Uh, I got a notification this morning that uh, a new uh, box of Built Bars that I had ordered a few days ago is on the way. Caramel Macchiato, which is uh, very exciting. And hey, I got an email also this morning saying that eggnog flavor is available. So if that's your thing, I'm not an eggnog guy. If that's your thing, check it out. All their bars, high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar. Um, Very, very good for you. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That is built.com. Business owner or high-income professional, listen up. Have you ever considered that by funding a 401k or an IRA, you are potentially creating a massive tax burden on yourself When you retire, contrary to what you're told by traditional advisors and accountants, a 401k or an IRA does not save on taxes. It just postpones the tax and tax collection. So uh, if you want to learn more about the tax code and how you can use the law to benefit yourself, reach out to our friend Ethan Dahl, the owner of Innovative Financial Solutions. He has clients all throughout the country that are capitalizing on his services. Contact Ethan at 251-243-6038 or email him ethan at ethandaw.com. Ethan Daw, your alternative to traditional financial investing. Justin Ferguson, what's going on these days at the Auburn Observer? Crazy time, but uh, yet your basketball stuff's really picking up. Yeah, yeah, a ton of basketball stuff. Um, film room on Jabari Smith went up earlier this week. We'll have coverage this weekend of the uh, the Auburn-Nebraska game, which should be a very interesting one uh, on Saturday in Atlanta. Uh, and yeah, uh, we put up the uh, the roster tracker. So if you are a if you are a subscriber to the Observer, we're going to try to keep that up to date as much as possible through recruiting and transfers and and all that stuff throughout the off season. So just a position by position look at kind of where Auburn stands, where they could go moving forward, and how all the numbers start to shake out. And that's going to have a lot of movement here over the next couple of months. So we're going to try to keep it all up to date there. Cool. Walk me through how I can give a subscription to someone for Christmas. Yeah. So if you're an Auburn Observer subscriber, 
already. It's super, super easy. Uh, there's usually a button on pretty much any of our, our newsletters where yeah. you can click on and hit it and it says, give a gift subscription. And once you do that, it's pretty easy from there. I'm going to do it right now just so I can make sure I have all the uh, all the steps correctly. Um, so you you go to the, uh, you click on the give a gift subscription. It's going to pop up and it'll give you an option to give a full year or just a month. All you got to do is put in uh, the email address of the recipient. You can attach a nice little note there. You can make it anonymous if you want to, which is kind of interesting, but you know, you know, who, who knows? Sure. Um, and you can schedule it out too. So this is a really cool thing that we got to see last Christmas um, uh, at, at this time. You can set the exact minute it goes active. So if you want to do, if you know Christmas morning, you want it to be active when you're opening presents or if you want to give it for, you know, at a party or something like that, you can set the individual time. It does not have to go live as soon as you as you open it. So it still can be a surprise. That's cool. um, all you need is their email and all you need is uh, is your way to pay. And uh, it's, it's it literally takes like 30 seconds. That's um, awesome. To, to give a subscription. That's awesome. Yeah. So keep that in mind with um, with the Auburn fans in your life. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a great service. Auburn Observer. Super, super easy. Last minute gift. Totally. Super, super Absolutely. Yeah. Because you if do all the work. Yeah, it was like if you were looking at it and you're like, man, I have no idea what to what to give. This person is an absolute Boom. freak about about Auburn about Auburn football and Auburn basketball. Auburn uh, observer. That's, that's an easy way to do it. Totally, totally, absolutely, bud. Uh, we've got a few minutes left. Let's talk a little basketball. Auburn yep. slated to take on Nebraska, a team that mm -hmm. maybe is a little bit better than the record. The record's not super impressive. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at some notes before uh, before we started recording, but apparently the flu is going through their team really hard right now. So hopefully went through, uh, went through Auburn's went through Auburn's team as well. But Bruce Pearl said on Thursday that he expects everybody to be back to full speed, uh, yeah. um, you know, for the game. But yeah, I, I'm. It sounds like they're expecting absences of some kind at Nebraska, which is tough because they're they're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. Team that has not shot particularly well this year. Mm -hmm. And it's given up a ton of threes, kind of fell apart, and, and Michigan hang, hung over 100 on them in their own building uh, earlier this week. Uh, but uh, they've got a really, really good point guard. Uh, Bruce Pearl uh, believes he's the best point guard they've played all year. Veteran 6'3 um, is, a, is a guy that has a really high assist rate, one of the best in the country. Um, and they've got some size at, at certain spots. It'll be interesting to see who all comes in there for Nebraska, but this is a team that – doesn't particularly rebound well. Doesn't particularly defend the three very well, which should work in Auburn's favor. Sure. However, however, uh, if they're hitting shots, um, they've got they've got a really good point guard to set them up, and uh, they've got a defense that can that can cause some cause some problems for you. So whenever Auburn plays good guards, now it's really fun because it's like I'm legit. Like I can't wait to watch Zepp and KD guard them. Yeah, yeah, and and I'd throw Wendell Green in there too. I think Wendell sure. Green's defense to start the season has been one of the bigger revelations, and the fact that we didn't think he was a bad defender, but that that was not every time you talk to anybody about Wendell Green, it's like yeah, his offense is ahead of his defense, and that's still the case. But man, he's playing really good defense as yeah. well. And this is another matchup. I said it on our show on Thursday. This is another one of those matchups where if you look at the team, it's like okay, they have a bigger backcourt and they've got some good backcourt pieces, including that point guard. Front court, they're a little undersized. They're not particularly rebounding the ball well. So it's another one of those games, kind of like UCF, uh, definitely like Yale, but it's very much like the UCF game where you can look at it and say, okay, Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, Jalen Williams, Dylan Carwell, when you get in the game, you're going to have opportunities to eat. And so take advantage of that. And so what you need from your guards is you guys don't have to be Superman, but as long as you play really good defense and hold your own and contribute in the offense, don't turn the ball over. Right. That's all we may need from you in order to have, have a really good win. And the good thing is, is that Katie and Zepp and Wendell 
are all guys that, you know, I, I think this team's kind of figured out and knows that they're going to be a little more wing and front court heavy with their scoring. Um, although Katie and, and Wendell and even Zep can go off in any moment. Totally. But I think I think in certain matchups like this, these guys are fine with not necessarily being the superstars because they, they all three of them do really, really good dirty work. Yeah. No, they're, they're all Cambridge is another one as well at the three. That uh, this this whole job. team is filled with team first dudes. That's what's making them so fun because there's going to be you never know who's gonna, you got Jabari is going to pop off. But like there's going to be somebody else that's going to just really yeah. steal the show. And so lately it's been KD, but I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like Cambridge gets hot one night or maybe maybe Kessler's three finally starts to fall in game. I mean, it, it could be anybody at any given moment. Yeah. And so that's what makes this team so interesting. And, and a big thing there is Jabari is a team first guy. And, and you, sure. you know, it's not super common with guys who are um, – you know, elite prospects coming out of high school to these five-star freshmen. Um, but, I mean, I think that's what makes him even more special. He's just – he's a dude that sometimes was, like, maybe a little too uh, passive with his – no, maybe not passive, but like wanting to work in everybody else when it's like, dude, I mean – Take over there the are game. Times you yeah. there, are times, there are times when you touch the ball and there's nobody on the floor that can guard you. And so I think he's growing into that more, but still finding ways to get everybody involved and, you know – it's crazy to think that your skinny six foot ten true freshman that could be you know a top three pick in this NBA draft is also one of the best defensive rebounders in the country. Yeah. Like that is effort. I mean, yes, you have it helps to be six ten, but like there's a lot of dirty work and effort that goes into that, and it's about being a team player. Like you're you're not you're not just going in it. To, he's not leaking out to try to hit those fast break opportunities that he's really really good at. Um, as often he's like, you know, he's, he's banging down low and trying to, trying to crash the boards. And that, that means a lot, I think to, to the team as a whole. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then one other element about this game, talking to Zepp earlier on the show, on the Monday evening show, he talked about how, I mean, he got pretty passionate about this. The fact that like half of the, the roster is from Georgia and they're going yep. to, they're getting to play in Atlanta in front of their yep. family. You know, he's an Augusta guy, but Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, um, I mean, pretty much all of the guys um, are from Georgia, with the exception of you know a few. So that's yeah, that's cool too. They're they're going to be really excited to play the, uh, playing this game. Yeah, I'm trying to think the guys that are in the rotation, Wendell and Devin and Chris aren't Georgia guys. Leor's not a Georgia guy either, but pretty much everybody else is. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just shows you like Bruce Pearl has really come into the city of Atlanta and said, this is our recruiting territory. We're going to, we're going to stake our claim here. And they've done a really good job of it. And so, you know, some people will be like, why are they playing Nebraska and Atlanta? You know, what? Well, that's odd. It's like, yeah, they'll take any opportunity to play in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They'll take any opportunity they can to, to play in Atlanta. And I think it's just Nebraska is going to be an interesting matchup. And Bruce was talking about this week. It's, it's a big 10 team. Like it's no matter how Nebraska looks at the end of the year, no matter who gets to play for them on Saturday, it might end up being a decent looking win at the end of the season on your resume because it wasn't at home. Right. And I think Nebraska plays a brutal schedule this year. So I think they're 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 gonna have some inflated ratings because of it. And what else are people gonna watch at ten thirty this Saturday? Like, I mean, nothing right. else is gonna yeah. be on. So but yeah, KD's yeah. from Atlanta. Jalen Williams is from Nahunta, Georgia, which I don't know where that mm-hmm. is. Uh Jabari's from North Fayetteville, Georgia. Georgia. Zepp's from Atlanta. Augusta. Walker's from Noonan. Basically um, Atlanta. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Half and, halfway from here to Atlanta. Right, right. Is that it? Oh, then Dylan. Dylan's from uh Dylan's from, from Augusta as well. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Or, so, yeah. So a lot of Georgia dudes. So that's um that's fun. That's fun. 
Jay Ferg, once again, give us one more quick rundown on what's going on at The Observer and uh, how folks can sign up. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap this thing up, brother. Uh, AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year. Gets you access to everything we've got going on. So we've got podcasts, we've got mailbags, we've got film rooms, we've got uh, roster trackers, we've got all, all, all the good stuff. And we're going to keep our eye on the offense coordinator and recruiting next week. So it's going to be pretty busy. Absolutely. We'll recap everything that happens over the weekend on Monday's show. Have a good weekend, everyone. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.